2: The podcast. Today is an emergency wake up call for all of us. Diabetes is a ticking time bomb. It's a silent killer. It's annihilating the African American community, literally, killing almost 100 of us every single day in the African American community. And that number may not be a lot unless it's your mother, your friend, someone in your family, or yourself. So I'm telling you, people are dropping like flies, and it's time to get out of denial. So I asked America's doctor, Dr. Oz, to be here, because as a heart surgeon, you see every day the deadly effects of diabetes. It it really is the fastest-growing disease in history. I'm I'm really so staggered by these numbers. Eighty million people in the United States of America have diabetes, are on the verge, and at least six million are walking around with it and have no idea. And if you don't think diabetes affects you, we spend one hundred seventy-four billion dollars every year on this disease. That's more than AIDS yep. and all the cancers combined. So experts say at this rate it will bankrupt our healthcare system,
3: correct? Question. Yeah, question. I don't care which system you happen to prefer. I don't care what party you are. If we don't fix the problem of diabetes in this country, we will bankrupt our future ability to pay for health care in the nation, period. 174
2: billion a year. So, believe it or not, there is a bright side. Most diabetes is preventable. It is treatable, even reversible. Dr. Oz is here. So let's start with what it is, what is diabetes?
3: So one of the biggest challenges we run into is folks call it a little bit of sugar, right? Just to write it off, it's not so important. I want to be crystal clear on this one. Let's let's pretend you put some food in your mouth, okay? And let's just say it's some tortillas with a little bit of cheese on it. It's pretty benign looking. Goes into your mouth, into the stomach, through the stomach, into the small bowel, the bile and the stuff from the pancreas, they mix. The food is being washed like you wash soap off some grease and the molecules of glucose or sugar get absorbed into the body. Now, the sugar now is traveling around And these insulin particles are being released from the pancreas. And what the pancreas is trying to do is to take the sugar, like a funnel. It's allowing the sugar to go past the bloodstream into the tissues. Goes to our brain. Our brain can only use sugar to think. Makes us think better. Goes to our muscles so we can exercise. Right, but it does other things, too.
2: Now, is sugar, just, is sugar a substitute for the word carbohydrate? Because I know our brain needs carbohydrate to think.
3: Exactly, simple carbohydrates simple are carbohydrates. sugars. Okay. Complex carbohydrates are sugars with, with some kind of fiber, fiber. attached to okay. Got real that. foods. Got okay? Now, what happens if you have too much sugar going in? We store it in our belly. That's how our ancestors survive. But that belly fat, the momentum, gets ponderously large. And as it does that, it poisons the insulin so it no longer can work and the sugar cannot get out of the bloodstream. That's a problem, because in the heart, the blood vessels are very delicate. There's a Teflon lining and the sugar, like, like pieces of glass shards, scrape at it on the inside of the artery. As the our body scars and attempt to heal, it's a fragile repair. It breaks, it ruptures. Now you have an open surface that's sore, Oprah. When, and you have a cut anywhere you form a scab on it, right? Yeah. Same thing in, a, in the body. You form a scab in the artery, it gets larger and larger and kaboom! A diabetic will most likely die from a heart attack from that very reason. Oprah, one quarter of the patients that I operated on every day have diabetes. Wow. One quarter. So, okay,
2: to, just to summarize, when you have too much sugar and your body isn't processing the sugar, it's like little sh- crystals. it's like shards in the body, right? It's like pieces of glass. Okay, that's what happens in the body when you have too much sugar.
3: Right, and these little glass sh- uh, shards, Imagine this is the lining of my artery, which we have everywhere in our body. It's scraping at it. It's digging at it. It's cutting it.
2: That's what too much sugar does in the body.
3: Exactly. And we have to scar the cuts. We have to heal them. The scarring process is the hardening of the arteries. So it's scarring inside the body. In all of our tissues. In all of our tissues. Every one of them. Okay.
2: So many people think that if you're diagnosed with diabetes that you just take a little insulin. I know I have members of my family who have to shoot insulin every day, and you'll be fine.
3: Well, at the end of the day, the amount of insulin you've got to take is dependent on how bad your diabetes is. Yeah. But I don't want you just to think about diabetes. I want you to feel diabetes. So I took one of your film crews with me to New York Presbyterian Hospital, mm-hmm. and we actually visited Lorene. Okay. She's a woman who is on insulin. Okay. She's had diabetes for much of her life. I, I want you to hear her story. Okay. Hi. How are you? Hi, Dr. Oz. It's a real pleasure to meet you. Oh,
4: it's a pleasure to meet you, too.
3: Thanks. for me Diabetes so ravaged Lorene's kidneys, at age 34, she already needed a transplant. Just seven years later, diabetes destroyed that kidney, too. Three days a week, it takes this dialysis machine three hours to clean her blood. Without it, she would die. Now at 44, diabetes has taken an even greater toll on Lorene's entire
4: body. Can I look at your legs? I ended up with lesions on my feet, and I've now lost half of my leg on the left side, and I just took half my foot two weeks ago.
3: I'm going to ask you a a delicate question, but there are a lot of folks who say, hey, I just have a little bit of sugar. I, I, I have a little diabetes, and I'll take care of it. What do you have to say to them?
4: Try and take care of yourself early because I didn't when I was young. I ate lots of regular sugared soda and regular cake. And then I also would say, well, I'll take a little bit of insulin to, you know, compensate for it. You know, I think that would be okay, which it, it wasn't. And this is what happens. And it's not a pretty sight. I used to be very active. I worked in nursing and I was a volunteer EMT. Why why do you think
3: that there are almost 60 million Americans who are pre-diabetic, who aren't taking this seriously?
4: Because they feel okay now. When it finally hits you, it's too late.
3: Do you remember the day it hit you?
4: The day I was shown The hemodialysis unit, I just looked at the machines and I'm like, not me. You know, this, this this can't be happening. I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
3: I'm sorry. Nothing to be sorry about. You're a brave, brave woman.
4: I look at my body, and I just see what it's been through, and it's just so shocking, you know, to see your, have your foot gone and have your leg gone, and you're fine one day, and then you just can't walk.
2: This is shocking. In the United States, 86,000 amputations are done every year due to diabetes. Why? Why, why amputees?
3: They get amputated because if, if you imagine that your blood vessels look like this straw... Yeah. Uh, ...the diabetes causes scarring on the inside and basically kinks it off. It kinks it off in multiple places, so we can't even get around them because the whole thing gets kinked off. Mm-hmm. In fact, this, imagine if I twisted this down, probably more reflective. That you can't fix that if you're a doctor. So
2: it shuts off the blood flow. To the legs. To to the legs.
3: It also shuts off the supply of protective white blood cells, so you get infections. Okay. So a lot of diabetics, the first time they know they've got got a problem is they get an infection in their toe. They don't feel their toes so well because it affects their nerves, and so they end up losing their feet. Lorene's a very smart woman. She's a nurse. But she couldn't deal with the emotional reality of this. You know, and Oprah, you taught me this, and I've taken this to heart on the show. People do not change their lives based on what they know. Right. They change their lives based on what they feel. That's I just guy. want you to feel Loreen, because that's what I see all the time, and it hurts all of us in the healing profession when we can't get this message. So is she type 1 or type 2? Lorene is type 1, which means that's about 10% of diabetics. She's not making enough insulin. That's generally from genetic reasons, because your pancreas just doesn't work correctly. Okay. But type 2, which is what we're really going to focus on today, is are, are people who have lifestyle-related issues. You know, a lot of belly fat and the like, and they have enough insulin Well, it's not listening anymore. Because the belly fat especially has poisoned the ability Mm -hmm. of insulin to work. So the sugar is still floating around because it can't find a partner to get into your tissues.
0: It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now, March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.
1: Hop, hop, hooray! Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find?
2: So why is it the fastest growing
3: disease in history? It is a perfect storm. When you go to a store to buy food, when you go to a supermarket, to a restaurant, and you get a little bit of sugar, it stimulates the same part of your brain as crack cocaine. It just turns you on. So I'm going to do something that's going to blow... That's why we lack it so much. Yeah. But if you don't mind, I am going to blow your mind. Okay, go ahead. Because I'm going to show you what has happened with the amount of sugar that we eat in this country a year. Okay. it's 150 pounds. Each one of us eating this much sugar, Oprah, every single year. That's 40 pounds of extra sugar that we're eating as opposed to just a generation ago. So you think about that. It is impossible for our body to keep up with that. There is no way. We can adapt this quickly. Our ancestors never had to deal with this much sugar. So this is what we're dealing with right now.
2: It's a lofty goal. We're trying to save millions of lives today. A big wake-up call this show should be for you and your family. Uh, We want to at least plant the seed. Every single person in this audience has diabetes, has prediabetes, or a family member living with it. At home, you might be thinking, well, how does this affect me? I brought Dr. Oz here today
3: off of his own show to give you the brutal facts. Oprah, you mentioned $175 billion a year. Yeah. We're going to double that in 25 years. There's no way to get your head above water. But all of the money is going towards taking care of a good part of the population that's suffering from not just loss of limb and kidney failure, but the loss of vitality. You're not going to live the life you could have lived if you're suffering with a disease that's scraping out your insides. Okay, so the warning signs. Warning signs, please get your pen paper out. This is the part you want to write down. The warning signs are pretty straight up. Constant thirst which you have because you're urinating all the time. Because the sugar gets into your urine, and it actually drags it through your kidneys. It fools your kidneys. So constant thirst and urination are the first two things we ask about. If you've got infections that aren't healing, because the white blood cells, the protective immune system can't get there. And By the way, your white cells don't function normally. Your whole immune system is depressed because you're waging a constant civil war against your body, which is against the sugar scraping away on the inside tingling of your toes because the nerves mm-hmm. are being affected. Nerves have a cable around them, right. and that cable gets broken with diabetes, so you end up with short circuits of your nervous system and finally blurred vision for the reason we showed you, because you're having little bleeds in the back of your eye. Now, do you have those symptoms whether you have type 1 or 2? They will progress to, to, no matter which of the two you have. Type 1 is a more aggressive problem, but you will develop over time insulin requirements, even with type 2, Oprah. Okay, so type 1, there's nothing you can do about it. It's genetic. Type 1 is anything you do to prevent it from happening. There's a lot we can do to, to treat, treat you treat once it, it happens. Okay. Most of, many say, 90% of type 2 diabetics uh, can actually reverse their problem. Okay. So what puts people at risk for diabetes? Well, risk factors straight up belly fat. Because that belly fat that we normally have to store fat, a lot of our ancestors survive It's called the omentum. Omentum. It's there for a good reason, but you got too much of it. It causes inflammation and blocks the insulin. That's the reason why. So you're more likely to get diabetes if you have a big belly? Big belly. In fact, I I can walk around this audience. I can walk around a street. I do all the time. Someone comes up with a big belly and says they've got diabetes. It doesn't take you much to figure that out. Any doctor can help with that. There's tips, of course, of how to do it, but that's the number one risk factor in America. Sedentary lifestyle is really important over because when you exercise and do muscle building work, the muscle actually becomes more sensitive to insulin. And so the insulin can work better. It can drive the sugar where it's supposed to go into your muscles. And that's the problem with belly fat it prevents you from using the sugar so you get fatter. So it's one of those things where once you get a little bit of fat, it's hard to reverse it. Family history, you got relatives that got uh, diabetes, or if you had diabetes when you were pregnant, big warning signs, and finally smoking because it kills your pancreas. Okay, so do only overweight people have to worry about being diabetic? Not at all, because if you're an average height female in America and you're 150 pounds, 150 pounds, you're at increased risk for diabetes. And I'll give you the recipe real quick. If your waist size measured at your belly button yeah. is more than half of your height, then you've got too much belly and you're at risk for diabetes. So how tall are you? Five, six, five, six. So and five times twelve. Yeah, give, let me have the half back. Five five, five, five times. I, I love the half, though. All right, five, six. Makes <laughs> the math hard. So, so five times twelve is sixty. Yeah, six more inches makes it sixty six inches divided in half, thirty three and a quarter inches because you're 66 and a half inches. Yeah, thank right, you, is the limit. Is your limit. Once your waist size gets more than that, your risk factor for diabetes starts to go up. So we're not talking about really big people. Okay, so why is
2: diabetes running rampant in the African-American community?
3: The big reason, without any question, Oprah, is because the cheapest calories in America are the calories with no nutrients. And so, especially among the young, in their, in their neighborhoods, they can't get the foods they need to be able to eat. And the foods they need are expensive. You know, every day on our show, Talk about doctor's orders. The very yeah. the last thing I talked to America right, about. Right. We gave a recommendation to eat 100% whole grain foods because those are the foods that will prevent this yeah. problem. Guess what? People wrote in by the thousands. We can't find any. You can't find these foods in some of our neighborhoods. That's something we need to fix as a country.
0: Yes.
2: But you can find it if you demand it.
3: Exactly. There's that's the power right. of the people. Right. You go in there... People enough start times.
2: demanding it, then that's what they will sell. Right.
3: Don't forget the cheap calories. Get the real foods—the foods our families, our bodies are used to. Whole foods—the foods that have the, the unique quality that they don't have a food label on them.
2: Well, so the <laughs> the, the Hispanic community has also been hit hard. Hispanic community very hard hit
3: for the same reason.
2: So the bottom line is, people need to start eating better. People have to eat better.
3: Yes. They have to do the things we know work, and that's primarily about avoiding the white foods. Okay, avoiding the white foods, the processed foods. We have white flour, white pasta, white rice, white sugar, and all the white stuff you put in soft drinks. White, white, white bread.
2: White bread, yes. Which turns to sugar immediately in your body. It's a candy bar for your stomach. It's a candy bar for you. So listen to this email. 33 33-year-old Rochelle sent us. This is exactly why we're doing this show. She said, I lost my mom due to a massive stroke and a renal failure brought on by uncontrolled diabetes and high blood pressure. My mother was only 53. She spent the majority of her life as a nurse. My concern is for my church. Every other adult in my church is diabetic. Most of our time as a church is spent fellowshipping over food. Our after-Sunday school breakfast consists of fried chicken, pork chops, chicken salad, and maybe even a thick hamburger. Then we turn around and serve sweets after our evening service. We are slowly killing ourselves, and we need change." That was Rochelle. Rochelle, thank you for that email. That, that spurred thank our you. idea for the show. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. So Dr. Ian Smith is a Harvard-educated medical and diet expert. He's the creator of the 50 Million Pound Challenge, where he's mobilizing the country to lose weight and get healthy. We sent Dr. Ian to Rochelle's church to try to light a fire for change underneath some of those pork
5: chops over there. (laughs) African Americans, unfortunately, tip the scale in record numbers. Twice as likely to have diabetes type two, twice as likely to have end-stage kidney disease, twice as likely to have amputations, twice as likely to die from their diabetes.
2: It's a familiar scene in cities and towns across the USA. Members of the Mount Zion Church of God Holiness in Dayton, Ohio, are enjoying their usual Sunday meal. Fried chicken, French fries, ranch dressing, sugary sodas, even
5: donuts. Dr. Ian has come to wake them up and save some lives. Now listen, how many people in the audience either have diabetes or they know someone who has diabetes? Let me see a show of hands. Wow. Every hand is up. Diabetes is a controllable illness if you're serious about it. Now, we're gonna start today. How about that? So Walgreens has been nice enough to come here. Let's find out what your blood sugar levels are. And let's not run away from it. Let's embrace it. The ladies take a simple and painless glucose test. Nurses prick their
2: fingers and place a tiny dab of blood on a strip to measure the amount of sugar in their blood. A number greater than 100 is cause for concern. So,
5: you are a walking, talking, ticking bomb, in a sense. Mm -hmm. And you have to treat this so that the bomb doesn't explode.
2: Dr. Ian is alarmed by some of the dangerous numbers and even more disturbed by the denial. He says these three sisters, all diabetic, are refusing to face reality. Because you're not losing weight.
5: You haven't tested yourself since early December. Right. And you're a type 2 diabetic Mm -hmm. with a family history. Mm You are on a crash course for a disaster and someone's going to find you knocked out on the floor in a diabetic coma. I'm going
2: to do better.
5: Say it again. I'm going to do better. Are you going to make her do better and help her do better? No, she can't make me. How about help you? Can she help you? <laughs> Give me a favor. Yes, sir. Have a serious talk with your sister. Yes, sir. I'm not kidding. I mean, I have a sibling, too. And if my sibling had the attitude your sister had... Be all over. We, we, I'd either be all over or we wouldn't have a relationship.
0: Okay. Yes, sir.
5: Because when she hurts, ultimately you're going to hurt.
1: Well, you know, it's unbelievable because African
5: Americans are facing an obesity crisis. I mean, literally. And it is literally killing us in record numbers. And I've gone around the country talking to churches, to school organizations, to corporations, anybody who will listen, Mm -hmm. trying to link obesity to all these obesity-related complications like diabetes. Mm -hmm. Here's the difficulty. It's a habitual thing. Habits are tough to break, especially for African Americans, when their habits are around food. Which is like a culture for them. Right. You know that. Right, right. Fried pork chops,
4: yeah. chicken. Food, and,
5: well, first of all, food is love. Food is love. And comfort. And comfort. Yes. But transgenerationally, we've eaten this way. Yes. And African Americans take this heels in the ground approach. You're not gonna tell me what to eat yeah. or how to cook it. Right. This is what I've been doing for years. So right. go on about your business. So it's been it's been very tough. <laughs> is it's, that what is that what the church ladies told you? Some of them, <laughs> yeah. Some of them, it's been very tough. Yeah. And my whole issue is when it comes to diabetes and controlling it. This is a disease often about attitude. Exactly right. You know, and attitude has a lot to be desired right now. We have to improve our attitudes about it.
2: Well, 24 church ladies from Dayton, Ohio, are here in their hats. <laughs> so, Dee, Dee where's Dee, Dee? Dr. Ian told you that you could end up in a diabetic coma. You're the one. With the, yes. And what, did, what have you done since then? And how did you feel about what he said?
0: Well, I thought about what he said. And, uh, I just said I was going to do better
2: with what does that mean? My exercise, my diet, mm-hmm. and and take my medicine. And take your medicine. Yes. Take your medicine.
5: She hadn't tested herself since the beginning of December. Over a month, she hadn't tested herself, and she's a type two diabetic. So as a diabetic, are you supposed to test yourself every day? Every day. You need every to know day. where your blood sugars are.
4: Okay.
2: So Nell is the church deacon's wife, and she and her husband cook all the Sunday meals. And they, they, they both have diabetes. So what are you thinking hearing all this now?
0: It was a wake-up call for me because my husband and a lot of my church family are in, di- in denial about diabetic- being diabetic. And my mother and my sister both passed with diabetes. Wow. I also have it, so that means I need to make a change. So I'm taking it more seriously after the wake-up call.
2: After the wake up call. Dr. Ian says that African Americans are twice as likely to die from diabetes.
5: Absolutely. Typically, African Americans are diagnosed with the disease later stages. And because they're at their later stages, then when the reversibility that Dr. Oz talked about, it's more difficult to happen. Because the
2: question is does, can, you, can, can you always reverse it, or does it come a point where you can't reverse
3: it anymore? No, I, I, almost always you can reverse it. What you can't always reverse are the side effects of what that glass what shrapnel has already done inside of you. Okay. So I've got a lot of patients who want to reverse their heart disease, but it's a little late in the game. One of the reasons that we started doing television together was because you, you start talking to people in the medical field. It's very frustrating for us, right? Yeah. Very frustrating. You deal with folks who have already damaged their bodies and you haven't gotten to them in time. That's why this outreach is so important. We can get some people... You know, remember, you mentioned 80 million people have prediabetes or diabetes. Guess what? Six million don't know it, right? Walking around, don't know you know. We can get six million people to figure out they've got a problem that's going to blow up in them before they realize it. We can prevent the Lorenes of the world. That's what she asked, by the way. Her prayer, the reason she was willing to do that very painful piece to revisit her history, was to get people to pay attention. And people have to
5: understand one thing: Why wait until it's a crisis situation? You know, you'll wait until the doctor says that you have to take insulin or you're going to have an amputation. My goal around the country is to get people to do something about it now. Is it
2: because it's a slow killer? But it's so interesting when people say, when I hear you say, I lost a sister from it, I lost somebody else from it.
5: So it's a reality in a lot of people's lives, but yet it still doesn't feel real? Because there's a sense of resignation. There's a sense of so many people in the family have had it, so I'm going to have it. There's also a sense that it's not like pancreatic cancer or brain cancer, where typically you have a short lifespan after the diagnosis. Diabetes is a years and years and so you don't feel the immediate effect of it And that's why people say I'll make a change tomorrow I'll do it tomorrow and that is what's killing people because by the time they get diagnosed and the complications happen It's
3: too late Okay, one other thing that's really important you mentioned it you know, taking your pills is not the solution by itself The pills are like painting over the crack in in the in the foundation of your health you want to prevent the cracks from forming So the kinds of advice you want to be hearing are advice that that sometimes you don't want to hear because, yes, food's about love, but love's also about being tough on people who aren't doing it right. It's making sure we address the the, the foods that are poisoning us and the fact that we have a problem moving one foot in front of the other and walking in America, something that our species always did.
2: Fitness expert Bob Green has written a fabulous book called Best Life Diet, Managing Diabetes and Prediabetes. Bob says it's up to each and every one of us to save our own lives. So you've been talking about this a long time, too.
6: Thirty years I've been doing this. Yeah. So I've seen a lot. Actually, both of my parents uh, have diabetes. So I'm actually a candidate for it. But obviously through lifestyle, uh, you can change your risk and uh, in most cases prevent this disease. How
2: much of a role does exercise play?
6: It's huge. In fact, to, to tell people to exercise, it's hard enough to get people to eat right. Yeah, It's harder to tell someone that doesn't like exercise, which is most people, yeah. to exercise. And we move, just like Dr. Oz did the sugar yeah. many years ago. Uh, we used to move. We used to walk to the store, chop wood. Even in the kitchen, we used to move so much more. We don't move as a culture, and it's a huge culprit in accelerating this disease of uh, diabetes. So
2: Bob was given the charge of getting the church ladies to move. We brought Rochelle and her friends to Chicago for a diabetes boot camp with Bob.
6: Who nice. uh, exercises right now on a regular basis? Okay. That's not a strong showing. I have to stress the importance of exercise with some facts that you may not know. When it comes to diabetes, we know that if you simply get 30 minutes a day, your risk is lowered by 60% of getting diabetes. You have to repeat after me, exercise is not negotiable.
0: Say it. Exercise is not negotiable.
6: Your exercise is not negotiable. It's that serious. Exercise is important for anyone with diabetes. If you do it consistently, it's going to drop your weight, which automatically lowers your risk. So let's talk a little bit um, about strength training. This can be done with bands or weights. My favorite are dumbbells, a set of dumbbells like you see under $10. And again, maintaining the muscles and the joints is so important in combating diabetes because it raises your metabolism. Get a walk every day. 30 minutes. But if I asked you to go harder, could you go harder?
0: For how long?
6: (laughs) Uh, Another 15 minutes? Not really. I can try. How old are you?
0: Eighty.
6: Eighty. I but don't think play. I'm going to cut you any slack because yes, of that. What is <laughs> Is this, this playtime? Folks, we're working out today. Remember, right now, you're lowering your blood sugar. Good things are happening. What's the one thing, the most important thing, we learned about the exercise today? What is it? It's not it's non-negotiable.
2: Very good. Very good workout in your skirts. <laughs> yeah. So, Reba, yeah. what, Reba what, what, what happened after exercising, Reba, what happened?
0: Um, after exercising, I was able to walk back over to the building that we were in previously and not take the wheelchair. Really? Really.
2: Really. So I, I heard that one of the things you, you, you thought was that, that there wasn't a lot of information, that a lot of these women didn't have
6: well, many people know the things they should eat and they know uh, they need to exercise. This group really craved the information and mm-hmm. was passionate about it. And really, I saw a lot of encouragement where they're going to make some changes, some more than others, yeah. really ready to make the changes. Others are going to need a little emotional homework to really make that commitment. Emotional homework.
2: Well, after the workout, Bob gave the church ladies a little sermon
6: about sugar. Hidden sugar, that's, that's the big problem. Let's take a look over here, that ranch dressing, a lot of times we don't think, well, salad dressing, does that have sugar in it? So there's actually three teaspoons of sugar in every serving and the plates that I saw had about four servings on there. <laughs> if you're gonna take one food off the table, it should be soda, it has a lot of sugar in it, it has 10 teaspoons of sugar for each can, In fact, uh, Harvard researchers have figured out if you consume one soda a day, your risk for developing type 2 diabetes increases by 83%. How much sugar do you think is in just two tablespoons of ketchup? Two teaspoons. That's just two tablespoons of ketchup has that much sugar in it. Also, I think I saw some donuts at your event, huh? (laughs) Dee Dee, I'm going to go to you because... You have an affinity for donuts, (laughs) don't you? (laughs) I want you to know that your average donut, and the good one that's kind of shiny and has glaze on it and is a crumb donut, that can have up to 13 teaspoons of sugar. Every donut. Now, you wanted that donut, I know, before we started today.
2: (laughs) Wow. So, Dr. Oz, from your perspective, the number one thing to change in your diet?
3: Without any question, I cut the white foods out. Yeah. I say that in soft drink for that question, if you're having them, I'm assuming we got over that today. Cut out the white flour, the white rice, the white pasta, and the white sugar. And, Ian, you
5: would say? Fried foods for African-Americans, and particularly Latinos. Cooking your foods in grease and, you know, fat back in the old way that I grew up eating, by the way, also, it's mm-hmm. cultural, mm-hmm. has to change. And you've got to stop making excuses. Bake, grill, steam, that will make a big difference. And
2: so the, the Best Life Guide to Managing Diabetes is all about that.
5: It's all about the food
6: choices you make, the exercise, and also the behavior of what it takes to really change. You know, we're wired at such an early age. Unwiring ourselves from family culture or any type of culture, behavior is the hardest thing to change. And you have to unwire yourself. Bye, everybody.
2: Bye. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah show, The Podcast.
0: And I thank you for listening. register today at this is ils.org
1: price drop time to shop get to a nordstrom rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns now score even more up to 70% off brands everyone loves at nordstrom rack denim dresses sneakers tops and more plus get genius deals on jackets sweaters and boots for the whole family shop your nordstrom rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns but hurry Deals this great won't last.